Hello, and welcome to CAA Conversations. We are here today with Bobby Cho and Andrew Casto. Andrew Casto is head of ceramics at the University of Iowa, where he teaches graduate and advanced undergraduate level ceramics courses. Casto has participated in over 60 exhibitions in nine countries and is a member of the University of Iowa Public Digital Arts Faculty Cluster Initiative. Bobby Cho is an assistant professor of fine art at Northwest Missouri State University. He teaches all levels of ceramic classes and is still not getting over the culture shock he had when he moved from Hong Kong, where there are 8 million people, to Northern Iowa, town of 300. I would like to welcome them both here today. They're going to be speaking about teaching contemporary craft, materiality, and concept in ceramics. I'll hand it over to you two. Okay. Oh, how about we start with uh, how will ceramics art and education continue to evolve based off on the material and based off on concept and how do we bring that into the classroom? I, I think that's that's a great question and I think right now is a particularly exciting time for us as ceramic artists. I mean we have this moment that is all of a sudden full of recognition from um, you know, galleries and sort of higher profile artists than used to be interested in the ceramic material. Uh, and I think that affects what happens in higher education. I, I don't know if you see this at your school, Bobby, but here at the University of Iowa, you know, um, right now we have something like seven ceramics minors. Our, our graduate students all have to choose a minor. We have seven ceramics minors, all of which are either painters or printmakers. And that's never, to my knowledge, happened in the history of this program before, and it really signifies to me a shift in people's interest in this material. Uh, and it's, it's pretty exciting uh, to sort of watch trends on the national scale kind of filter down into the education context in terms of what students are seeing and then therefore what they're interested in and wanting to actually do in their own studio practice. Yeah, I think so, because, um, you know, I, I'm seeing that same kind of movement in between, say, painters want to become a ceramicist. And, you know, for me, like, Northwest is a smaller school, which we don't have graduate students. So yeah, sure. primarily, you know, our, our advanced students, they're all kind of dabble into, like, different material, and they work alongside with each other. So I, I, I do think that, yes, like, what you're seeing and what I might, what, I'm seeing in, you know, the, the two different levels of school is actually very much similar. And I wonder, it has something to do with, you know, we're slowly moving away from just craft, like we're moving away from craft to contemporary craft, which I guess people are more interested in using the material in, in design and making innovation with the material itself. That's why, you know, I think you know, through the discussion that we had before about this topic was really based off on that. It's like how the, the material itself is enriching the overall being an artist in general, I think. Yeah. And, it, you know, in honesty, I think I'm seeing a lot of that even in, in like you said, on the national level during our conferences uh, in SICA, that a lot of things is happening and, you know, you, you're seeing a lot of mixed media work being pumped out from 
graduate student and you know we're no longer just focusing on say um traditional say uh, ceramics pottery in general and yeah. more towards like you know um kind of like this fan object type of thing or mixed media type of thing and then you also have installation performances which is i think generally is really interesting to me especially coming from a traditional background you know like I think you and I both have a very similar background. When we first started, we were making pottery, and then yeah. move along this kind of changing and more and more. So, um, so I guess like you know, steered toward that. Um, what about you know? What do you think about um, what are the important quality to have for being a ceramics artist and educator today and for the future? Yeah, you know, this is a really challenging question. Uh, I mean, I think that we exist in a time where certainly content is as critical as, uh, let's say, craftsmanship or hand-based skill. And, I, you know, I struggle, I think, sometimes to find the balance between those things, uh, if I'm being honest. Uh, I mean, I, I am guilty of being probably more interested in ideas than I am in fine craft, let's say. And that's probably a result of the work that I make or the work that I personally like. But I also certainly believe that there has to be some degree of familiarity or knowledge with how objects are made and a degree of um, education or sort of skills-based learning for work to be successful. And I'm not always sure where the lines are in those areas. It used to be that you could say, I mean, when I think when I started as a college student in the late 90s, it was pretty clear that, you know, if you were going to do ceramics, you needed to be able to uh, center clay on the potter's wheel. You needed to understand hand building and some mold making techniques. And to be able to really specialize from a technical standpoint in one of those areas was pretty important for having successful work. And I'm not so sure that that's true anymore. Uh, across the board in terms of what gets made that's made well and that is deemed as successful by our field and by uh, people outside of our field. Uh, but I also don't think it's right to say that, you know, those things aren't important at all. And so I guess I'm always trying to balance that within, within my teaching and within how I advise students and the people that I bring as visiting artists, you know, um, to try and work that question out dependent on just kind of an, an evolving notion of what makes the most sense for the work we're seeing being made. It's it's liberating, uh, certainly, because I definitely think we, particularly as ceramic artists, have been kind of bogged down by an emphasis on technique for years and years. But uh, like anything, when you give up some of the boundaries of your practice, you are also allowing for some uncertainty in how things are made. And that can also, I think, sort of produce some anxiety in, in people in terms of how the work is deemed successful. I mean, if it doesn't have to be well made, if an object that is, let's say, sloppy on purpose can be just as valid as a very tightly constructed work, all of a sudden, you're met, you know, it's a harder metric to determine what's good. I think that that's you know, it's it's one thing to talk about that and think about that when you've been around the field for years and years and you look at a lot of artwork and 
but it's it's a harder thing when you're talking to a group of undergraduates or even graduate students who are sort of really trying to come to terms with this medium and think about its place amongst art in general uh, when all of a sudden the standards are not as clearly defined as perhaps they used to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I mean, you know, personally, I struggle with the same thing, you know, like in a, in a smaller classroom like mine and, you know, Lovewest isn't exactly, you know, close to like any museum or anything that yeah, sure. kind of push that boundary or, or conversation in general about, um, you know, what is happening in the field. I mean, luckily, we got Kansas City kind of like two hours away, which really helped me and, you know, to bring my student there to, to be able to talk about, you know, both craftsmanship or both idea and how how the two is very much you know um interconnected and um for me you know like teaching in 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 this kind of setting it was harder for me to to kind of push that you know because i remember kind of like what you said you know when i first started i i learned a lot of traditional say skill set that you know i think it helped me so therefore, you know, when I teach, I really wanted to teach that, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm believing that, you know, like, well, you know, in order for us to, to fire something or, you know, um, make sure stuff don't explode in the kiln. I mean, th those are basic things that I feel like I have to teach. But then at the same time, I always kind of struggle and think that like, well, <laughs> what if I just told them that like, hey, look, you know. Let's spend a whole semester not firing a single thing and just build and build and build. And what does that, you know, what would that do to the student? And, right. you know, for me, it, the the assignment itself was, you know, kind of like a parameter where they follow. But, you know, I I feel like I give them a lot of room to, to kind of explore that avenue, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> which kind of like, kind of segue to the, my next question is that, that what kind of assignment do you do to help your student to get there um, in terms of uh, like working in concept and skill set in journal? I know that we both teach different levels of ceramics. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that uh, it, well, certainly assignments are different depending on the experience level of the students. That, that I'm around. Um, all of our uh, introductory classes here are taught by graduate students, so I wind up with mostly the advanced kids. And uh, so it's a mixture of uh, upper level BFA and um, you know graduate students from ceramics or from other disciplines within, within fine arts. Um, so generally speaking, the assignments that, that I do are, are more open-ended. I mean, we, we I guess the, the easiest way to talk about this is to use our sort of upper level undergraduate class as an example, um, which often has actually a mix of both of those kind of groups. So BFAs in ceramics and probably a couple of graduate students here and there from other areas that are interested in kind of uh, more of a uh, sort of a skills oriented course rather than one that is strictly critique based. Uh, so in that class, often what we do is kind of a loose framework where there are modules about, I, I guess it usually works out to about five in a semester, where there are various techniques taught around uh, a general theme. 
And then within those modules, there are three assignments due overall. So students can kind of choose which, if any, of the sort of skills demoed in the modules they uh, use on the particular assignment. So I split the semester into thirds and say, we're going to have one assignment due in the first third, one in the second third, and one in the last third. And then I have fairly loose conceptual themes like um, projects that are just prompts, you know, things like make something for someone you love or make something dealing with ornamentation or make something dealing with, uh, gosh, um, tools. I, you know, any, there, there have been a number of prompts, uh, but things that can be worked with through a number of different ways of making. But then to address the fact that I, I'd want the course to not be purely conceptual, I, I'd sort of pick a theme and, and work through these modules based around that theme. So this year, uh, the last semester I taught it, we worked with, uh, we did a little bit of mold, mold building. We did some uh, uh, non-traditional hand building techniques um, and ended with some digital fabrication stuff. Um, so it was kind of about uh, working with ideas of multiples or uh, making in the context of non-specific objects or non-original objects. And then students can use those things if they want or not, uh, because we often have people in the class that are, you know, maybe they're really advanced uh, or focused studio potters working right alongside uh, someone who is more about mixed media or about installation or even performance art or something. So. It doesn't really make sense for me to say, all right, well, we're going to have a project where everyone has to make a dinner set or something. Uh, at the same time, it also doesn't make sense to say everyone has to do an installation. So if I have a theme that is kind of more conceptually oriented, then it allows for freedom of uh, different approaches to come to that assignment and uh, bring something to critique. So it's been really rich in terms of uh, what's been done for those given assignments. I mean, you wind up with 12 projects or 14 projects, however many people are in the class that are all totally different, but yet have this kind of common thematic element to it. And at the same time throughout the course, wind up teaching some skills that are um, new for people. So I, th I think that model's working pretty well. Um, another thing we've done with it this year is that class has its own Instagram account, uh, which I like a lot. And uh, everybody in the class has the password to it so they can all update as needed. Um, so I do all the lectures right off of Instagram. So when we're starting a new module, I'll have 15 or 20 artists that are kind of working in line with that um, with that sort of technique. And then I'll, I'll post all those images sort of sequentially right at the same time in the morning of the lecture. And then I do the lecture right off Instagram. We have a pretty nice facility here with the ability to sort of beam our phones right onto big screen TVs in the classrooms and I can just teach the lecture straight from Instagram. Uh, it saves me from having to make a PowerPoint, but also it allows the students to interact directly with the people that we study. I tag the people in the images and frequently, it's happened several times where a student will say, hey, how did this person do this part of that work? And I'll just ask the person right in the comments and almost always they answer. So um, it's given us some real-time feedback with the people that we're studying and made lectures easier for me to put together and I think made them in a format that it's more, I don't know, uh, it seems to be easier to hold their attention with sometimes if they're looking at an Instagram account. They can sit there and look at their phones in class and it's okay. Uh, you know, it's you're not like, You're like the, the, my favorite professor. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish I could do that. Well, I <laughs> when mean, I was in school. <laughs> yeah, well, no one did that when I was in school either. Uh, but I guess for me, you know, all of this, all of these strategies have to do with trying to address like what our current condition is with students and uh, within the educational model that you know we're working within. And I think that you have to be uh, considering ideas that are relevant to the people you're teaching and that are portrayed through a language that they understand. So to me, if they're all on their phones already, uh, why not put the content on the phone and make it second nature for them? Um, it's so much easier uh, to get them engaged if you're using a platform they're used to. And, and it, I mean, it really works. The, they post stuff. Now, they, of course, also do things that are maybe less than helpful, like uh, I was five minutes late to class one day, and they all posted pictures of themselves looking unhappy, pointing at their watches. Um, you know, so uh, it does allow for some, for some uh, less than orderly conduct, but nobody has abused the privilege too badly at this point. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I think it's great. And I guess to me, that's, that's the real trick with all these things is how can you make the content of the course relevant to the people that are in it? And the sort of social paradigm that they exist in and likewise how can you make the delivery of the course also accessible to the students and you know as close to as um, natural or contemporary you know sort of a medium or a structure in this case being instagram as what they already are existing with on a daily basis those are some of the things that i'm doing in, in teaching at this point. yeah um <clears throat> i guess i do similar project which where um, you know, take advantage of the technology in terms of, um, uh, you know, I have them do research block, which is basically they're all invited, kind of like the Instagram thing that you do, where um, the 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 student who are in the class, they were able to sign in and they they kind of just basically, you know, research on others. Actually, the, the requirement itself was very much just um, any others who influence what they make and um, basically they just have to write one page double space with picture which is probably like the easiest thing you have to write in your whole college career but you know they all basically share it on this blog and people can kind of pick and choose people can learn about other others and at the end basically you know doing probably sometime during midterm we'll sit down and we talk about, you know, how those others in terms of what they make and what they do influence what you make and what you're going to do. And they, they usually turns out pretty good, you know, in terms of help them think conceptually, yeah. helps kind of making connection with other medium. You know, I have students that would do like their favorite band or, you know, um, Others that who does like fiber art or um, yeah. others who make different thing and you know toward the end of the day they ended up making something out of clay that was able to kind of tie into the whole concept itself and for me you know that's like me how how I push them to think conceptually how they how how they're able to like make um, connection with other things yeah so. That's at least like one of the assignments that I do that I've been thinking that is pretty helpful in terms of having them start talking 
just why they do what they do and why they make what they make. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then also, uh, I do have other assignment, which, you know, like from, I, I'm sure like, you know, the, the two school that we teach us at is slightly different. And I, I have my student probably like, I don't know, like five semester, yeah. almost yeah. in a row, because they would take like, you know, like a, like a advanced ceramic studio. So it's sort of like a workshop where yeah. students who had like advanced skill set, but they're all still in different level to be put in one class. And usually um, I have different assignment for them. Like I, I literally have make four syllabus where each semester I teach a different syllabus all for the same class and, you know, different level, some of them will learn how to write, say, um, like letter of intent or other statement. And some of them will make like, um, and, you know, in conjunction with that, they all have to focus on their body of work. And yeah. I have body of work that, you know, usually I use it as just a general guideline where kind of like your module where, you know, they can pick and choose what they want. But at the same time, there's like a general theme of thing that they kind of work gear tool um for me you know like i have sculpture body of work where you know the the kid will be focusing on um how to develop a a body of work where um throughout the semester where they can literally go to i I told them that like you guys can literally just go to like a fifth store uh or like walmart or something where you can find interesting manufactured objects and then, you know, you, you take them apart and then you, you build clay component to join them together or like whatever else that you need to do to make um, kind of like a, a sculpture out of that. And yeah. also, you know, they can use the same kind of logic to, to make installation. And, um, and for the wheel flowing body of work, they can, you know, focusing on like certain type of decoration, certain type of like you know if they found like making a dinner set is interesting they can do that but at the same time like all of those uh you know within the parameter of where they kind of have to understand um why they're making them what they're making and all of those i think it's been pretty helpful in terms of like getting them into that next level where they find something that they're interested and i think you know primarily you know um we, we, I think earlier we talked about, you know, if we changed the whole entire way of how we teach from where you and I went to school to now, I, I agree with you that, like, you know, we really need to sort of, like, bring ourselves up to date, too. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, nowadays, who doesn't want to just look at Instagram all day doing class, right? So, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that's where, like, I think that will be helpful you know I, I might use that <laughs> yeah you should i mean it's you know it's pretty um it's it's fun they're all totally surprised at first they you know they they look at you like wait what we can we can look at the phone you know um you do have to do a different type of kind of policing you have to sort of make sure that they're actually looking at the yeah uh, relevant stuff but um but you can also make them um you can you can threaten them with uh, having to beam what's on their phone up on the screen, you know. Um, so 
so they they'll be so they can be publicly embarrassed if they're not if they're not participating. Uh, <laughs> usually it works pretty well, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think that that is the key. You know, it's like how do you push them to that next level? Like like you're saying, how do you expose them to things that um, help them grow their work and help them um, further what they're doing? And you know, I mean. We're we're a little. I think our you know our city has is a little bigger than where you are, Bobby. But we're still also within our own bubble as well. I mean, it's not like we're in New York or something. Um, and I'm just one person. Uh, you know, there's other faculty members here that they can learn from. But really, you know, it's how you connect them to the outside world. I think is the question. And how do you get them motivated to actually do it? Because you know, a lot of times that's well, that's at least a big chunk of the battle. Um, it's getting them excited to where they actually start doing the research and the investigation on their own, rather than having to be prodded um, by by you as the instructor. Um, so I think whatever method accomplishes that is is the right way to go, the way to sort of the path to follow. I agree, and you know, I, I think you know, majority of the time, you know, my my whole teaching is to like you know, kind of help them really explore the possibility of, you know, using clay as material. Yeah. I guess you and I, you and I are very similar in terms of how we, we, we function and make work. So, I mean, I look at it as, you know, like clay had that like which, which tradition and historic, you know, meaning to it. But at the same time, you know, if you just, strip that down it really it just this fantastic material where you can just mow and make whatever you want you can freely print it and um like recently like we got lucky and we got like some kind of like tabletop cnc machine which you know my student has my milling clay i mean it kick up a lot of dust but you know <laughs> it, it worked i mean you know like i i've been playing with it too and i think you know partially I think today, I think today being being a teacher is probably harder than ever because you know we you know you and I simply just saying that like it, it, you know we need to know so much more in terms of you know just dabble into different things and it's like you know but for me you know the the core idea was really just to have the student really kind of doing the same thing, double into different area where, you know, yeah. they can pick up skill set. And I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you, you know this story, but I, I work at McDonald's before, and that was my last year <laughs> job. <laughs> and and uh, I mean, but, you know, you, you learn time management skills. So I, I truly think that, you know, no matter what you do, you, you learn something out of it. And I, I think as a teacher today and as an educator, um, it, it is kind of really important for us to just keep open-minded so that our students can be, be open-minded. And I think, you know, those assignments are really definitely helping us to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, you know, for anybody out there that hears this, it feels like they're in a, uh, you know, not getting to do what they want or make what they want. Um, I mean, Bobby worked in a McDonald's in Hong Kong. Uh, that, to me... <laughs> Like, I can't really imagine much, well, it's hard to imagine something that would be 
would be more difficult than that <laughs> in terms of a job or a way to make money. So, um, yeah, I think it's always impressive, uh, you know, the paths that people take to get to do to do what they want. And you're right, Bobby. You can learn from all of those things. Um, usually, when I'm when I'm in a scenario like that, it takes a few years to uh, realize maybe the benefit. It's pretty hard when you're actually in the midst of that bad job to uh, to see the benefit in it. But yeah, I mean, it's whatever it takes to sort of do the learning and to have kind of experiences that you can bring to the work. Ultimately, is valuable. I think you know we we got pretty lucky in terms of you know the, the the material itself is allowing us you know to to have this like really rich background where you know yeah. basically everything that we do now is just it's all say like a reinvention or um, like it's it's something that is already. A lot of things has already been done in clay, and I, I guess like we got pretty lucky that we don't really have to reinvent the wheel, so to say, um, a lot to get something kind of new going. And right. I think we're lucky on like at least I feel that like that's very lucky that you know I don't have to worry about you know if I need something I can always ask somebody who who have done that for for a long time to really kind of help out too, which lead to my last question that, you know, how can we continue to draw from which historic tradition while we're inventing the relevancy in rapid changing global society, which is now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the historical tradition is always present. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know, everything has context. And, and I feel the same way about clay and other artistic media, whether it's you know, prints or painting or, or metals. I mean, the same way as I feel about, let's say, music. And I, I often use sort of musical references when I talk about um, ceramics with students because I feel like it's an easy metaphor or an easy parallel for them to understand. But, you know, like, let's let's think about for a second, like, uh, uh, modern, um, I don't even, you know, like maybe electronic-based or DJ-based music that uses samples as sort of construction elements to build songs like those things when when that's done um half the people that hear that music still remember the original song you know they might hear uh, a kanye west song that's got um you know a jackson five sample in it and it does something when somebody in a contemporary context chooses a specific reference point out of history to add to uh i mean it's a conceptual device that i think is is beneficial and makes for rich practice um and the same thing happens in art so you know when a ceramic artist uses uh porcelain and gold luster it, those materials are not divorced from uh the history of fine china or the history of uh, uh you know production wear from all over the world and sort of symbols of opulence or high society um and we do those things, I think, in best case scenarios intentionally, and we make those links on purpose to say, hey, you know, this is something that I know about, first of all, and also something that I'm using in a way that's creative that ultimately adds to the context of what I'm making. And when, uh, let's call them material samples, uh, to continue the musical reference, when those things are used well, uh, it makes an incredibly rich piece of work when you can look at it and say, aha, I understand, 
you know, the building blocks of this uh, of this piece of work uh, are coming from all these other traditions, and therefore this is kind of a um, you know a culmination of of all these different uh, schools of knowledge and trends and uh, sort of moments of history in this new and interesting uh, you know kind of arrangement. Um, because after all, I think we are ultimately just arranging pre-existing things when we make work. Uh, I think we are producers. Uh, we, in, in the same sense that a musician uh, is ultimately producing um, uh, sounds that have existed, musical moments that have existed into new and um, kind of varied, rich arrangements. Um, you know, we it, the debate about whether something can be made new or not in this day and age, I think, is um, a, a long uh, rabbit hole that it's not much fun to talk about. Um, but <laughs> but ultimately, uh, I, I kind of proceed from the premise that uh, we're looking at history uh, as, as source material and saying, how do we uh, not only honor these traditions, um, but uh, use them in ways that are um, fresh and interesting and at the same time uh, do justice to uh, the hard work that's been done by people before us. And when those things come together well, uh, I think it makes for uh, phenomenal um, you know, achievements. Um, so to me, uh, yeah, I, I think that we build in the history automatically uh, and then we try to understand as best we can through, through you know, study, continued study and being lifelong learners, uh, uh, how to use those moments uh, of historical kind of arrangement effectively in our current work that's yeah that's fantastic i mean you know i, I guess I, I don't always use like you know use this music as a reference and by no mean like, i'm not a great writer but i always kind of tell my student that you know it's kind of like think about going into a studio as in learning language um you know for me that was the hardest part right like yeah, coming sure. from from home to here, you know, like it doesn't really matter how much word you have learned before in your home country from for another language. When you actually being job off to another country, when you start talking to people with yeah. their yeah. language, you know, you, you, you kind of forces yourself to be, you know, be brave a little bit and you know, you kind of start putting work together. Those words aren't really, you know, make up word. Those words uh, you know, every day everybody uses it. But I think it, you know, you get smarter, you know, as the time go where you can put better sentence together, where you, you know, you start slowly being able to kind of design the, the language a little bit better to kind of communicate better. And for yeah. me, you know, like, you know, I tell my student that all the time, it's like, hey man, you know, if I can teach you in your language, you can definitely do this. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah I, mean? I mean, that's that's such an impressive thing to me, Bobby. I mean, like, I, I'm strictly an English speaker with, you know, some really, really poor attempts at learning a couple of other languages. And you know, to do this in, um, you know, a non, in your secondary language, I think is really, really impressive. Um, and you're right. I mean, what we're do that's another great analogy. What we're talking about is language. Uh, whether it's visual or, um, you know, actually physical verbal language uh, or written word, um, all of it is communication. And, you know, uh, that's why I think that, you know, it, it is important to, to let our students 
just kind of dabble into all this different stuff is, you know, just just so that they can sort of say like learn more term ter- terminology to help them build that paragraph or whatever novel that they want to write. And you know, for me, it's I think that's probably how we teach now and how to make them you know be aware of their surrounding so well i'm gonna interject right there this has been fantastic it's a really great conversation and i think it's not only going to spark a lot of interest with ceramicists but also across all media so thank you both so much you're very welcome thanks for having us yeah thank you for inviting us